Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, January 26th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold is down this morning, but the yellow metal had a pretty solid week. In fact, Gold hit its highest price since August 2016 on Thursday, topping out at $1,366.07 before giving back some of those gains. Currently, gold is trading at $1,353.20, silver is at $1,750, and the silver-gold ratio is 77.5. The Trump administration's mixed messaging on the dollar helped drive the price of gold up and then down. The dollar tanked Wednesday, hitting a three-year low after Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said he welcomed a weakening dollar. The dollar index, measuring the greenback against a basket of six major currencies, slipped below 90 for the first time since December 2014. Meanwhile, gold climbed, as I said, hitting its highest level since August 2016. Mnuchin said a weaker dollar was, quote, good for us as it relates to trade and opportunities, unquote. He later tried to walk back his comments, saying, I thought my comment on the dollar was actually quite clear yesterday. I thought it was actually balanced and consistent with what I've said before, which is we are not concerned with where the dollar is in the short term. Then Trump weighed in and said pretty much the exact opposite. Quote, the dollar is going to get stronger and stronger, and ultimately I want to see a strong dollar. A senior administration official tried to paper over the mixed messages, saying, I don't think there's any daylight between the president and Secretary Mnuchin. Okay, except that they're saying completely opposite things. Regardless, Trump's comments gave the greenback a boost and gold fell off, but the dollar rally was short-lived. The dollar index fell again overnight, down 0.6% to 88.69, reversing Thursday's short rally. This seems to indicate there is a much more fundamental weakness in the dollar right now, and the drop doesn't have as much to do with who says what as the pundits might have you think. In one of his podcasts this week, Peter Schiff said Mnuchin was trying to talk up and encourage investment in America. But if the dollar is weak, isn't the last thing you want to do is invest in the U.S.? As Peter said, you're basically telling foreign investors, if you invest in America, you're going to lose because you're going to lose on the foreign exchange. Peter said the real impact of this weak dollar policy would be felt in the bond market, which is already showing signs of trouble. He said, by basically saying we have a weak dollar policy, we're telling everybody around the world, do not buy our bonds. Well, he's the guy that's supposed to be selling those bonds. Did he not get the memo? Ten-year bond yields have hit their highest level since July 2014. But in historic terms, interest rates are still very low. Peter predicted we will break 3% on the 10-year relatively soon, maybe within the next couple of months. From there, if we take out 3.25, Peter thinks it will be a quick jump to 4%. So what's the significance? Well, as Peter said, the last time we had a 4% yield on the 10-year was before the 2008 financial crisis. Basically, that was the yield that broke the camel's back. Remember, the financial crisis was triggered by rising interest rates on the debt that had been accumulated in the years prior as a result of Alan Greenspan keeping interest rates at 1% for a year and a half, and then slowly raising them back up over the course of another year and a half. So as the Fed was moving interest rates up at a measured pace, by the time they got to the point where rates had gone back to about 5%, the yield on the 10-year was at about 4%. That's about as high as it was able to go. 
then the market all fell apart. Of course, there's an inverse relationship between bond yields and bond prices. Peter said the fact that the dollar and bond prices are falling together is a very, very bad sign, and everybody's ignoring it. The bond yields aren't high enough to offset the losses in the foreign exchange. People think they're going to get more economic growth because rates are going up. But if they're just going up because of inflation, then what? In fact, we won't have the growth if we have higher interest rates because we owe too much money. The debt is much too big for us to have a growing economy that is burdened by all of this debt. Peter thinks the stock market is heading for a crash, and it's going to set off a chain reaction. In his podcast, he kind of summed up how he sees things playing out. He said, the U.S. stock market is going to stop going up and start going down. It has to, because higher inflation, higher interest rates are going to weaken the economy. They're going to undermine corporate earnings. This whole euphoric rise is going to end with a crash. It has to. And then it's going to usher in a bigger crash in the dollar, because we know what the Fed is going to do. When the market is going into recession, when the stock market is tanking, they're going to reverse action. That means lower interest rates, more quantitative easing. Yes, we've been down this road before. And speaking of going down this road, in other news, it looks like we're in the midst of housing bubble 2.0. Financial manager James Stack predicted the housing crash in 2005, and he told Bloomberg this week that housing is flashing red again. Quote, it's 2005 all over again in terms of the valuation extreme, the psychological excess, and the denial. People don't believe housing is in a bubble and don't want to hear talk about prices being a little bit bubblish. End quote. Typically, home prices track along with the consumer price index. Last summer, median home prices were as high as 32% above the CPI. Just before the housing bust in 2005, they were at 35%. Housing prices are also overvalued compared to income in many U.S. cities. Two years ago, housing prices were overvalued compared to income in about 36% of major metro areas. According to CoreLogic, Half of the 50 largest metropolitan areas were overvalued last November. Stack said he sees a dynamic not unlike what we saw in the years leading up to the 2008 housing bust. He's identified a pattern, a steep run-up in prices spurred by low interest rates. While it could correct itself gently, Stack told Bloomberg history indicates it will more likely come down hard during the next economic downturn. The last one came about when economic growth slowed after a series of rate increases, exposing the rot in the woodwork and prompting loan defaults, Stack said. He noted that the Fed had projected three rate increases for this year, and he said that that raises the risk that today's highly inflated housing market will again end badly. Precious metals dealers are bullish on gold and silver in 2018. According to the informal survey conducted by the nonprofit Professional Numismatics Guild, retailers anticipate gold will reach 1460 this year and perhaps climb even higher. They also like silver's prospects, projecting the price to hit $20 per ounce. The World Gold Council released an interesting report asserting that cryptocurrencies are no substitute for gold. Of course, it's not surprising that the WGC would come down on the side of the yellow metal. Nevertheless, there is some good food for thought in this analysis. The Gold Council isn't necessarily negative on Bitcoin, saying, quote, cryptocurrencies may become an established part of the financial system. 
But the WGC does make a strong case that cryptos will not replace gold. Its analysts argue that while they have some similarities, gold and cryptocurrencies are very different. According to the report, these fundamental differences, quote, underpin gold's role as a mainstream financial asset that will likely continue to resonate in today's digital world, end quote. The WGC pinpoints five key differences between gold and cryptocurrencies. When compared to crypto, gold is less volatile, has more liquid market, trades in an established regulatory framework, has a well-understood role in an investment portfolio, and has little overlap with cryptocurrencies on many sources of demand and supply. You can download this report on our website at shiftgold.com news. At ShiftGold, we've been recommending a balanced approach to investing in cryptocurrency. Diversifying a crypto portfolio with precious metals can help mitigate some of the potential downsides and put you in an overall stronger financial position. You can even buy gold and silver with Bitcoin. Talk to one of our precious metal specialists today at 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160 to learn more. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.